Let's bow for prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this time that we're allowed to gather here in your name. Lord, we ask that you would guide us with wisdom to understand your word. And we praise you for the amazing thing that you did for us by giving us your son for a sacrifice and raising him from the dead. Lord, we ask that you would guide us. Your Holy Spirit would be among us now as we dive into study about your power. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, Darren, uh, I loved your communion meditation. Uh, the, the, the scripture actually, um, I, I'm gonna, I want to read it again. Uh, w- when I heard the first part of your communion meditation, it was Jesus a hare? Uh, I wondered, what is he, where is he going with this? Because I, I was picturing Jesus as, as a hare, not like not growing out the top of my head, but like would be there on a normal person. Um, Jesus is a hare, and then it made sense. Oh, it's Easter, a rabbit. You know, it, it would seem that the rabbit does get more more fame than our Savior does, right? And that that's that's kind of troubling. Nothing wrong with a rabbit. Uh, maybe there is one that lays colored eggs, but n- nothing wrong with the average rabbit, but our Savior and His power through the resurrection calls for more of our attention than any animal, than any anything imaginable. So that's what we're focusing on today. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Thank you so much, Darren, for reading this. Let's let's do this again. It says, "Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before." You welcomed it, and then you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was the most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scriptures said. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. And on the third day, just as the Scriptures said, He was seen by Peter and then the twelve. After that, He was seen by more than 500 of His followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then He was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Now I hope we don't come to think of Easter as just a day to remember that Jesus rose from the grave. Or as just to celebrate the empty tomb. We must do these things at Easter, but I want Easter to be the day that motivates you to experience the power of the resurrection. We just came from the sunrise service where we, we talked about the, the confusion 
the brain fog, if you will, that uh, Mary and John and Peter had when they were running to the tomb. They didn't understand what was going on. Their, their minds weren't working correctly. They didn't know why the Savior that they put so much hope into three days ago now was dead. And that that hope seemed to be gone their minds, their hearts were reeling with sorrow and hopelessness. But still, Mary went to the tomb to take care of what needed to be taken care of. The proper burial procedures that were unable to be done on Friday because of the Sabbath that was coming up. And upon arrival at the tomb, she can hardly believe what she sees the tomb empty and the angel telling her to to go and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive next uh, Peter and John not able to wrap their minds around the whole situation around her words they run to the tomb to see for themselves and it's true Jesus' dead body is not in the tomb. It's not there. You see, we only have half the story on Good Friday. If you went to Good Friday service, that's only part of it. Jesus was uh, pierced for our rebellion, uh, crushed for our sin, and He was treated harshly and unjustly condemned. Just as Isaiah 53 foretold, he was struck down. He was buried like a criminal and put in a rich man's tomb. That was Friday. But this, this is Sunday. This is a new day. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11 when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied and because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all of their sins. Jesus died in our place. In place for our sins, but that's not all. He made it possible for us to be counted as righteous. This is not a balanced equation. It doesn't make sense if you think about it too hard. But if you think of it as an equation, as maybe a math problem, it's really a rather simple one. So I don't know if you guys like to do math, but uh, we're going to do a little bit of math today. This, uh, not an equation, we are going to say the first element of this math problem. Did I spell it right? People. Plus, oh, by the way, kids... The hardest math problems in school are the story problems, right? The ones with words. So this is a word problem. 
not a simple number problem, plus sin. Simple enough, right? And this line right here is, is, is equals. That, that, that means this. This is the equal sign. People plus sin equals We get there by dying, right? But this is 2 plus 2 equals 4. This is the way it happened. We know Jesus, though. Boy, if we insert him into the equation, what does it look like? So let's put Jesus in there. Where do we put Jesus? Well, we know that Jesus turns things upside down, right? Uh, scripture says that Jesus uh, turned the tables upside down when, when folks came in and made his, his temple into a marketplace. He turned them upside down. Uh, Jesus trained his followers to turn the world upside down. In Acts, in the, the middle of Acts, it talks about his followers turning the world upside down, turning it on its head. And this problem, Jesus will do the same. Turn it upside down. People plus Jesus equals an upside down problem. Now, how does this happen? Because in the place of our sin, if we do some crossing and and carrying and stuff that doesn't make sense to me anymore, we would say for Jesus to turn this problem upside down, we would have to cross that out. We would have to put Jesus right here and then people or maybe the sin is actually what Jesus is. And so Jesus, how does he get into hell? How does it work for Jesus at least maybe not hell because there are several, several uh, implications of what Scripture says. When we die, we go someplace. And, and it is to say that Jesus died and maybe he didn't go into the fiery lake of hell. But somehow Jesus died and went to this place below the equal sign. How? Because how do we get there? It's because of sin. Jesus doesn't qualify. Where is he going to get sin? It's from us. Jesus takes our sin and he takes it below the equal sign. And then today, today is Resurrection Sunday. He comes back up from the dead and he doesn't bring our sin with him. No, he puts himself here in us plus Jesus equals everlasting life. This this equation is sealed by Jesus on resurrection day. The most we should be able to hope for without Jesus in this equation is to not be punished. But that doesn't happen without Jesus. 
So we have Jesus to cancel, to cancel out, to cancel our debt. Jesus not only cancels our debt, though. He gave us his righteousness and a share in his inheritance as co-heirs of God's kingdom. Jesus told us that he came so that we could have life to the full mark. What do I mean by that? The full mark, you know, when you pull up to the gas station and you fill your tank up and it's on the full mark, it feels pretty good. Like, it's not one of the the top things that happen in your day. You don't even think about it, but to have a car or a pickup with a full tank, you just feel good. You can drive wherever you need to go. And if your tank is empty, though, or close to empty, it causes some anxiety. Boy, am I going to make it. Uh, Do I have enough gas to get there? Or should I stop to get gas before I go? And maybe the night before you forget to fill your tank. And boy, do I have time to fill my tank and get to work? Anxiety. But Jesus told us that he came so that we could have life full, full tanks. So if we are to live a rich and satisfying life, like John tells us in in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life on the full mark, ready to go at any minute excited, confident. Number one, this rich and satisfying life is found in knowing the risen Jesus and experiencing the power of His resurrection. Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. This is a personal relationship with Jesus. Number two, you can experience the resurrection power that gives you life here and now and as well as in eternity, here and now as well in eternity because of Christ's Spirit that lives in you when you have a personal relationship with Him. Romans chapter 8 verses 10 through 11 tells us that Christ lives within you even though your body will die because of sin. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. This uh, Spirit living within you. Do, you. do you know this Spirit? You don't have to wait to die to experience it or to experience heaven. Heaven is where God is. And if God lives within you, then heaven goes with you wherever you go. Now this is not to say that uh, 
The heaven that we think of after we die is the same thing that is with us every day. But we get a taste of it. We get a part of God's kingdom here on earth when we live in the power of Jesus and His resurrection. My brothers and sisters, we must act like it. Act like we have a tank on full. It's okay to be happy even when the world is going to hell in a handbasket because we know that we are going to heaven in a chariot or on a cloud or riding a horse or whatever way, whatever mode of transportation, we know for sure that we are going to heaven because of our faith in Jesus Christ. He is the way and the only way. So why be weary and downtrodden? Uh, Why be discouraged or depressed? Psalms 42 verse 5 says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him, my Savior. Psalms chapter 103 verses 2 through 4 goes on further and says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. These three verses provide insight to our trajectory in living the Christian life. First, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good. Never forget the good because Jesus forgives me. Right? And we get diseases and things like that here on this earth. But if we put Jesus first, if we put our faith in Him, then Revelation says in heaven there is no sickness, no death, no sorrow, no diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. A week and a half ago, someone, one of my good brothers uh, among us, uh, woke up in the middle of the night and he, nature called and in the middle of that, standing, he passed out. Middle of the night, and he woke up, and when he woke up, all he knew was that he couldn't feel anything on him. He couldn't feel his arms and his legs, and he was just laying there. He thought to himself, am I, am I dying? He thought, I must be, and he called to his wife, and, and his wife, you know, she comes, and, and he says, I think I'm in trouble, uh, can you call the ambulance? And the ambulance comes and get him, gets him and, and takes him to the hospital. And his, his wife the whole time is, is driving, trying to catch up, thinking, my husband is, is he dying? The whole time, he's worried about his wife. What is that like? Have you ever experienced that? To feel like, 
mm, I just might be dying right here. This just might be the last moment that I live here on the earth. Have you thought about what that's like for your loved ones? Now, if you ask this man, he will typically respond, you know, if you ask him how he's doing, he will typically respond better than I deserve. I love that. He always says better than I deserve. Man, Danny lives on the full mark. His tank is on the full. He makes a conscious effort to remember the good that God has done for him. And in this way, he lives in the resurrection power that enables him to live his life to the fullest daily. We will be empowered with strength. And we will be able to experience Christ's love and be made complete. Ephesians chapter four, chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all God, as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The idea of not being on this world anymore can be complicated, it can be exciting, it can be depressing. But if we're living to the full mark, if we're living in the power, the resurrection power of Jesus, then we know that every day we are doing better than we deserve because of what He is doing. And we know that every day God loves us so much that He wants us to be in heaven with Him. This can be exciting. With all this empowered strength from Christ's resurrection being made complete, oh, the possibilities, the excitement, the hope that it gives us. So let's be like Mary, Peter, and John and run to see Jesus. Run to the tomb. Are you running to see Jesus? You see, Peter jumped up and, and John jumped up in response and they ran and John outran him. And you know, in first century Palestinian culture, grown men didn't run. They wouldn't be caught running, but on this morning, they did. Nothing mattered. 
what's this, the Savior that we put all our hope in, or this Jesus, this man that we learned from, and that we loved, he may not be dead, he's not in the tomb, let's run and see with gazelle intensity. They ran. Dave Ramsey, he's a, a financial advisor, his main verse is Proverbs chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. Uh, don't put off now, or don't put it off, do it now. Don't rest until you do. And the idea of uh, saving yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. And he says, if you want to get out of debt, borrow too much money and it doesn't seem like you'll ever uh, be able to redeem yourself from this situation if you want to get out of debt then you got to do it with gazelle intensity imagine an animal running from prey just as fast as they possibly can folks we are in a sin debt we have that and we have a way out why not be like John and Peter and Mary and run with gazelle intensity towards Jesus who will cancel out all of our debt on the cross. He said, it is finished. The original word for that means paid in full. Our debt paid in full. You know, maybe you've uh, seen the old old uh, movies that are black and white, and they're, they're always uh, seeming like in the, the action parts, uh, in fast forward, they're always running super fast. Uh, and I can imagine some of them where the father is coming home from war. He's been fighting for four years, and the mom and the children, they, they don't know if, if dad is still alive, but they get letter that he's going to come back. He's returning. And they wait on the porch until they see him around the corner. And they run to meet him. They run to meet their father, their protector, the one who has given so much care to them. There's so much, so much heart involved in this. Or imagine the old westerns, you know, where... Uh, the good guy that wears the white hat is recently married and, and his bride gets stolen by the, the bandits or the natives or whatever and, and he has to go and rescue her. Remember the old movies that are fast forwards? The horse is going 112 miles per hour. Nobody could ever stay on a horse like that but that's the way they did it. And, and so he is running on his horse as fast as he can to rescue his bride. And, and then when he gets there, and in the middle of the canyon, and the bad guys are there, the whole time she's been wiggling her hands to get free of the ropes. And by the time he's there, she is free, and she is running to meet him as he comes up. He scoops her up, takes her off on his, on his horse saves the day, saves his bride. Listen, Jesus is coming back. Not only did he leave this world, when he rose up from the grave, he was here and present to lots of folks there. And he lives among us now, uh, though not in person, but he's coming back for us. 
coming back for us. And, and boy, it's our job right now to be working, to work in them ropes, them chains of the devil, looser and looser until finally we can break free, free of them. And there's Jesus. And we run towards him like John and Peter and Mary. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, in the New International Version says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race or finish the work in the New Living Translation and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news, the wonderful grace of God. The good news, folks, finishing this work, finishing this race. The good news, folks, is that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we get to leave the grave. When you get a chance to leave the grave, boy, why would you want to walk when you could run? Run to that glorious day. Run out of the grave and experience the freedom the full tank, the power that comes through the resurrection of Jesus. As we run toward Jesus, the accounting, the figuring of the math problem starts to take place and we go from sinner to saint, from convicted and condemned to freed and righteous, from darkness of night in the grave to His glorious light for the rest, for the rest of our days. Now, if you haven't experienced the power of Jesus' resurrection, I would like to invite you to make that decision today. To begin a relationship with Jesus personally. His hands are stretched out wide to welcome you in exchange for your debt. He gives His riches and righteousness for your debt. If you have believed on the name of Jesus already for the forgiveness of sins, but you feel downtrodden and discouraged and don't seem to be experiencing this resurrection power, His resurrected life, as He promised to those who believe, I invite you to join me in a prayer to remember His goodness, His kindness, and to ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit to empower you to be strengthened and made complete by understanding the depths of His love for you. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your Savior. I thank You for Your salvation, God, that that You give us. Lord, I pray that You will guide us to repentance daily. Lord, I, I thank You so much for giving us a little piece of heaven here that we could experience your power and your glory. And I pray that we all here would live in that. That you would hold our hands through the difficulties and help us to see the light at the end, Lord. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would give us boldness as we walk out of these doors this Resurrection Sunday so that we could share your name and your way with others in your name, Lord, that we pray. Amen.